It's the Tillcast, episode 391, The Debearding. And this week, guys, we talked more Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, No Man's Sky, Sheep Remnant from the Ashes, and Hollow Knight. Stay tuned. 15 years younger. Like a little boy. Oh, boy. That's splashy. That is very splashy. I got some of my nose hairs. (laughs) (laughs) You dick. You are a dick. Hey, it's the Tiltcast. We're back. Back yet again. It is. And you probably will hear this sooner rather than later, I'd imagine, just because... There's a shitload going on. But before we get started, I'm Nas. Uh, I'm Rusty. I'm Jason. And it is, what, the 30th at about... It is 8... August 30th, 2019. At 8.52 p.m. Oh, boy. And you know what? Um, you're going to hear about 30 minutes of bullshit. And then after that, you hear some news and games. Um, games. Oh, my God, games. So oh I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in. Yeah. I got debearded. You did. You did well, not fully debearded. Uh, but this is like nothing. This is well, it it's it's better than nothing for sure. So holy balls, you went fucking like full on Volt Boy one year, and I didn't recognize you at all. You did so not look the good. Debearding with the debearding was a beard. absolute process, and I'll post pictures for on those Twitter. of you who did not see, uh, uh, who do not follow Justin on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, he took about a foot off of his beard. <laughs> it wasn't that much. <laughs> it mean, wasn't that much. It, I mean, it was it, pro- probably Rusty, about four. If I if I didn't have it curled up and I blue dry blow dried it, blue dried it. Yeah, I blue dried it. Yeah, it was two inches above the nipples. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I, so nipples aren't inches. in the middle of my chest. Six inches. But so yeah, you, it was it was like a mullet on the front he, of my yeah, face. You, you have he, a neck now. He, I he have a neck. Quite a bit I feel off. like I have a like um, an onion head. Yeah. He, he went from uh, <laughs> he went from full on biker beard to ten o'clock shadow. Yeah, it's it's more it's like more it's, than it's that. more like it's more like <laughs> a compared weekend. to what he had. It's more like Jesus rose again's shadow. Like and it's that that far the, gone. <laughs> like he had time to die and let it grow a little bit, and it came back. He's like, yeah, full three day weekend. Boom, done, got it. Yeah. So it's it's weird. This is my three days. I yeah. bet your I bet your chin feels lighter. <laughs> Does it? It's a, it, he, I was. He can't. He can't use his beard as a like second, to, second not, spoon for his food. I'm not used to seeing my neck. <laughs> I feel like like fat screech or something. <laughs> like I got fat too much. Screech. I got too much neck. I'm you not could, used to seeing it. So now that I have a neck again, I'm uh, not used to. It's just weird. Hey, you know what? It's it's fine. You didn't go full beardless, which is uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's not a good look for you, dude. Uh, but it really isn't. Well, my fiance's in town, and and is, honestly, it's getting really it gets irritating after a while. Just to be very frank, um, well, digging yeah. with it all the time, of course. And she had mentioned at one point, she's like, "Yeah, I tolerate it." And so I was like, "Okay, that's." And that's she's not usually a... really frank and straightforward with me. I don't know if she doesn't care what I do, but I was like, oh, "I'm going to do something nice. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to cut it. Just start." fresh and then you know it's a birthday too so why not so anyways um i did it and immediately got a very positive reaction from her of course because she can see my face again 
Yes. Right. It's got to be easier to fucking See, manage. Too, my wife actually prefers this. She just wants me to go get this. The under He's talking shape. about the under the beard. beard. The under beard shaped up. Yeah, she just wants the, she wants the facade. Yeah. She does not want the She whole wants the chin curtain. She doesn't want the waterfall. Uh-huh. Pretty much. There you go. All right, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, mine I'm was doomed. to a point where I was going to start forking it and making it, braiding it like a Viking. Well, I mean, you could have, I mean, and it would have fucking looked epic. But... I was cool with it, but not everybody else was. <laughs> Got a lot of great reactions at work because it was like, you ever seen that meme that shows the guy with the big bushy beard and then he shaves it and then he comes out looking like he's 12 years old? That's kind of yeah. how I feel today. Well, but there was so much gray in my beard because it was so long. Yeah. Like, I was looking like I was about get pushing 50 well at least to me anyway especially with the receding hairline and everything else i, started like saying I was the receding say, hairline i was looking way that. older than i was so i'm okay looking 37 again yeah no it, it it's it's good it's good uh you know the um it's it's the like gray if i can is make gone. the face and i'll post a picture later it's uh-huh. just like <laughs> like <laughs> i'm new you <laughs> did you did post a picture with the uh, thing that says i did a thing and i almost i almost responded with new frames new frames <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's like a turtle head <laughs> turtle turtle don't make me do it don't make me do it i don't want to do it yeah Come on, no it's your inner dana carvey he's, he's, he's uh He's over there making selfies now. That's I'll awesome. Post, I'm going to post yeah. them on Twitter. All right. There you go. <laughs> uh, the Tocast Twitter, but no yeah. less. Yes. Right. So you can, And that's the thing. If you follow us on Twitter, you can see the stupid shit that we do. We Most of the time that we post is actually, if it's not an episode, it's something we're doing right, right now. Right then. Yes. Yeah. That you get to hear about. Well, usually something Justin's or doing more. right now because <laughs> I never touch Twitter. Even though I technically have the login for it. Well, I mean, so do I, but... I also don't <laughs> really touch Facebook other yeah, than our secret group either, s- so... Same. Social media is kind of hard. I mean, honestly, th- there's a lot of creators out there that hire someone specifically to social media. Yeah. And that's got to be a job, Actually, man. that's something that Trent used to do, which is why he Actually, managed his website. Yeah. Actually, social media is pretty much it's just it's a big fucking job it's pretty much a job on its own i mean our i made fun of myself on twitter our social media manager at work um (laughs) between what she does in the office and of course because social media never sleeps what she does at home you know she puts in 70 to 80 hours a week just think of that as like a a job title i'm like what do you do actually Uh, holly did that for a while she was an seo specialist yes social media most of but it was more for social media so for every company that they had that wanted a social media presence she posted all their articles all their updates all their product pushes everything like as content creators it it becomes ours is a little bit different not only is she our content creator Mm. But she's also our primary responder when it comes to complaints on social media. Uh, of course. Oh, you're talking about work. Bureau, yeah, yeah, the, the work. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, social media manager or or SEO can range in exactly it's, what you do for a company. It's it's like the people who uh, do who are uh, community managers on a forum for fun. Uh, yeah. uh, just imagine that shit. Like, you are getting a paycheck 
to respond to forum posts. And you have to have, like, I mean, you know. Some mad live journal skills. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody remembers that. But, hey, before we go down a fucking rabbit hole, um, (laughs) I'm going to say that all three of us had birthdays recently. So, happy birthday to us. Yeah. Happy birthday to you guys. Happy birthday. birthday. You know, we're one fucking year older. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jesus. we all got our Grandpa Earl dollar. Yes, yeah, we, we did. did. I still have it in my fucking wallet, too. So it's like, what, 38, 37, and what, like 29? 34. 34, yeah. This, this, 85, this, bitch. This, this, this wallet here with my gotcha dollar. Uh, look at this shit. It's got a little fucking pull tab. Yeah. Boom. It pulls out my fucking two most used credit cards so that I could actually just go back into debt. Yay! Um, so I'll say we cooked a shitload of meat, and I was worried. Oh, that dude, we, there was so much meat. I was worried that we were not gonna, that we we're going to have too much. Rusty, you brought twenty four brats. Twenty four, twenty four brats, which I sacrificed ten bottles of Shinerbach to. We did, and I just finished eating those yesterday. Today, had, I saved a couple. Oh, of course. Um, and then I made like sixteen hot links dressed in, um, like homemade barbecue sauce. Yes. That I smoked, uh, mm. well, the links. Mm. We had beef bologna. Mm. We had pork shoulder. It yeah. pulled a little bit early, but it's still juicy as fuck. That was good. Um, and then what else did we have? Oh, the smoked burgers. Yep, smoked yeah. burgers were good, too. Yeah. Oh, we had fuck, a, yeah. a little bit of sides, but it didn't really get touched. We didn't, yeah. And everybody brought bread. <laughs> yes. Everybody <laughs> bought Oh, my God. So much bread. Like, yeah. you still had and some think, after you were trying to give it away. Yeah, I did. I donated some to the food bank. Like, oh, there much... you go. Like, hey, I'm not yeah. going to eat it. I'm on keto. So, <laughs> I don't like just throwing away an unopened package of food. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and, like, I mean, we took a good amount of those buns and brats home with us, too. And Yeah. But, like, yeah, we had 20 pounds of meat for 20 people. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was, had a pound of meat. Yes. I, I have to say. And I still have some Stella and Warsteiner left over. Of the, course. Uh, I don't drink like I used to. No, neither do I. I got through like five beers and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm getting old. I, I didn't even <laughs> drink a beer. I, I, I had to. Uh, I, I bought a 12 pack of Shiner and I had said, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm going to drink the two beers I didn't sacrifice to the brats. And I never got around to it. Uh, I, I just had. That's that is the difference. As we get older, it's less about getting fucking shit faced and more about the conversation. Holy and shit! The, f- the fucking food. conversations. I mean, the, of course, the food was fantastic, but we had like four different freaking like full on conversations going on. Well, that's at a the nice same thing. Time. Like, I will say yeah. that. Um, in parties past, right? Yeah. Early early parties, it was all about getting drunk. And I've known yep. you guys a pretty long time. And even before that, like, the parties that you didn't know me for were even more crazy. Right. And then as you get older, like, these are all people I like a lot. Yeah. So, and I don't see them that often. So you just talk. Yeah. And yep. it doesn't, I don't have to provide entertainment. We just haven't seen each other in forever. Right. I I was, uh, before the uh, before the whole thing, I'm sitting here going, man, I mean, if it gets dull, I guess, I, you know, we could, you know, we could break out, like, maybe VR or something like that. It'll never happen. Uh, like, it, yeah, I don't it need never, Cards it, Against Humanity. I don't need any of that shit. Right. Like, it's just, yeah. I have 20 geeks in a house, basically. And it was, it, it was, was glorious. fantastic, man. I loved yep. it. I loved it. Uh, the, just the, I was telling Jesse, like, basically, 
the amount of people I had there, that's basically the core group I'll invite when we get married. Right? Like, yep. it's going to be the people that I would invite to the house party is yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. That's... Uh, the other people probably won't come. Right. Right. You know? You know. The... Uh... I mean, outside of like family members and whatnot, sure, of course. You know, the, that's that's the thing. I mean, I, I guess it is a a sign that we're getting older that works. You know, that we enjoy that kind of thing instead of you know fucking yeah. gaming or uh, or uh, just fucking getting shit faced drunk. And I remember the very first few parties. It was there was me a lot and of shit faced me and Jameson had a fucking like uh, a connection uh, yeah. at one of those, and I think I need at least one sloppy party for the year. But yeah, yeah that, and, and it doesn't have to be that one. I mean, no. this is no, the I one enjoy that all we the barbecue. We get you know we get together. We have this massive fucking barbecue, and then we you know we just hang out with friends. It's fucking amazing. Yep. The only the only downside of the barbecue is Jason lit my grill on fire. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> So I have this I have this thing that's like a, one of those charcoal lighters. Yeah. And it was dark outside. And so yeah. I was like he's like, How do I light the propane? And I told him how to light it, right? So he lights it, but on the top rack, I forgot to pull out the charcoal. And I didn't even has a freaking notice handle. it. And it melted, of course, right? Of course. The plastic on the handle melts it and then it drops down to the drip plan and is just he's like, Flames are on fire and I was like, What? He's like, It's on fire. <laughs> flames are on fire. <laughs> flames are on fire. And I, rush out I was there, just like, what? It's like, oh shit. I was like, No, it really happened. So yeah. like I walked out it was there bad. and I, you were like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh so we cut uh, the gas off. Fortunately I had the other yeah. reel going, yeah. so you could just throw the brats over well, fire. And- well, that that turned into a fucking but, shit show as well. Because as soon as the brats got on there, all it grease. started the fucking uh, I started a grease fire, which started the creosote on fire from the freaking smoker. <laughs> and you know, very soon afterwards, I had some very flavorful brats and a very on fire fucking smoker. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and it's because I don't use it to grill very often. Yeah, that it's always got smoke in it. Yes, and that's my old smoker. So. I, I burned yeah. some Two, of the there was, seasoning off. <laughs> there was three full grills ready to go. Yeah. Like, it was fucking yeah. amazing. But we had a lot of fun. I felt like we that did. was a pretty successful tri-birthday Indeed. Uh, Very event. It, it Very was. Good. And amazingly, this time I was like the one to drink the most alcohol out of three of yeah, us. You yeah, needed you, it the most. Yeah, I mean, you, you and your wife needed I, it to get out of the house I the have. absolute most. <laughs> So and I saw your wife crack the beer. And I was like, "Oh, it's on." Yes. So I looked afterward, and I had to have done six shots of the crown. Uh huh. Yeah. And I drank six bottles of that damn root beer. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you're so, yeah. feeling you pretty it. good on the way home, I'm sure. Oh, I could still walk straight line and everything, but yeah, <laughs> I was. Ra- it was. I was probably relaxed. better that Crystal was driving. Well, I was relaxed. Yeah. Don't yeah. ever fucking use the I can't get drunk thing because I've oh, no. seen you drunk. I know I can get drunk. <laughs> I don't get hangovers, though, fuck successfully. You. Fuck you. Booyah. Like, seriously, fuck you. And actually, the so that is one of our trifecta birthdays. The one I got drunk at, your, your school acquaintance brought that damn Everclear lemonade. Oh, yes. Yes. God, that shit hurt. Oh, yeah, the Everclear lemonade was pretty bad. I mean, it was good, but it was I mean, terrible for your insides. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing good until I wasn't. Yeah. So I was going to say, 
part of the reason that you're pretty far behind on episodes if you're just now listening um, by the time this goes up, Spotify will be enabled, and so will iTunes. And we nice. were on iTunes a million years ago. Um, it seems like it, for an unfortunate incident. But yeah. that all aside, um, if you're listening to this streaming, um, we have been working like crazy. So you're going to see a lot of episodes post in quick succession if yep. you're a, an old-time follower. And part of that is me and Trent have been working our asses off for two weeks. Yeah. Um, retooling the entire site in fact by this point we have accessibility options on the website we have seasons so now we're on season 10 um season 10, season 10. and wow. i was listening to all the here's what we had to do i had to go through and li- re-listen to episodes trent re-listened <laughs> to episodes not full episodes but portions yeah. of them right right and there are about 400 episodes almost because we have bonus episodes that are not numbered Yep. Um, we found every single episode, the ones that were corrupted, Trent had backups of. Nice. Um, I had to go through and retag stuff. So things that you don't know about this is like we go in and we get edit the title on the MP3 itself with the tags for like if you're downloading the episode so you can see the tags and what the name of the title is. Yep. And then you got to go back and listen to what we talked about. And we're talking about like E3 2010. Um, yeah. Or not, not 2010. We didn't do E3 2010. <laughs> we talked about PAX in 2010. We talked about, I didn't have a title for the very first episode, so me and Trent just titled it The Birth of Cringe. Um, <laughs> it was, and it's, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. I would say we didn't know what the fuck we I, were doing I for at say, least 100 episodes. I, I started listening to episodes trying to, trying to start episode one and help you guys out. And I got, like, the... F- <laughs> I listened to bits and pieces of the first five and took manual notes, and then that week fell apart for me. But right, those five first episodes are rough. Well, and, well, and the quality has changed so much. I just, yeah. without belaboring this too much, like you will notice anything beyond the two hundreds, really. Like we had, yeah. we were used to record on what's called a snowball, so it's an omnidirectional well, mic for convenience e- sake. Even then, you'll you'll notice the difference when snowball with soundboard well versus snowball and then snow, without and then snowball here when we created a studio yep. when we had sound dampening and everything else versus right. snowball in on that rickety ass table <laughs> in an apartment in the foyer the but it was it was like this little fucking... dining nook that was there was... right in front of the kitchen and, between there and, and a the... rickety ass card table with a, a hole drilled it. through it for the cords <laughs> i yeah. remember that and you'll probably hear us smoking a lot yeah we because... were smoking like all of us were smoking so that, that would be season five holy shit that we were smoking that much yeah. and in the last five seasons uh like there was like fucking four well, you're fucking gonna hear, you're gonna hear us vape i mean we all vape yeah. on the show but yeah um yeah. anyways long story short like there's a big difference even you're gonna hear us change a lot too oh, yeah. on some of the positions we take um i got really political on an episode i was like why the fuck that didn't even matter yes i'm just like what the <laughs> fuck was i going on about i was talking about censorship or something oh, like yeah. that and i got really dug in deep this is back in the apartment days. Yeah, um, you're here, Scott, and I think that's those are some fun episodes oh, uh, yeah. to talk about former members of the show. Will Doba, I remember Will Doba. Yep. Um, you got Victor, the Vicbot. <laughs> um, Holly is on like the first 158, almost 200 episodes. Trent's on the first 150, 200 episodes. Yep. You can see more Trent though. Um, Trent has got cabbage going, and I'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Yep. 
um, videos that he's posting where you can listen to the first part where he's going to have some commentary and then it's pure gameplay and then commentary at the end to wrap it up. And so he'll be posting some more video stuff for the show there nice. that you guys can watch. Um, and then on the back end, me and him are working our fucking asses off trying to get this site all the way built. But think of it as a complete rebuilding, retooling, remastered site from the ground up. We found descriptions on Facebook and Twitter from nine years ago. <laughs> yes. Um, that's how much of a labor of love this is. So yes. um, all that being said. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, there's a lot going on. That's why the whole month of August is crazy. However, the thing is, is we continue to record episodes in August so your ear holes can be overjoyed yes. with the deliciousness that is our voices. <laughs> That's one way you're putting it. <laughs> so, uh, just... <laughs> what? I don't even know where to go with that. Uh, <laughs> You, Jason, do you, you have anything? That one up. Do you have anything interest this interest interestness? Do you have any interestness to talk about? You have some interest. <laughs> so, uh, you know, really, uh, really not not much since the uh, uh, since tri birthday been uh, been adjusting to the the wife getting back into the workforce. Oh yeah. Um. So that's thrown a couple of interesting wrinkles like tonight we're actually starting later than we wanted to because of said interesting wrinkle of course Um, that's okay you managed i didn't expect you to be here when you were right we were ready to go um and then uh, um i was off i was off on monday woohoo sitting up in courthouse oh boy yay yeah guys about that offline Fucking um, yeah, you know that's one of the uh, one of the yeah. places that you just don't want to spend a day off. Like Pretty much that. Yeah, the other one would be a hospital, um, right? Or or maybe like in the fucking manure pit of a fucking farm, maybe. You know, or the salt mines. I or mean, the salt mines. We're just gonna go right to freaking like <laughs> manual hard labor. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Let's go there. Um, and then to be honest, this week was. Busy enough at work with me being off Friday and Monday. Yeah. Uh, and me catching up and everything. But by the time I got home, I was pretty much, does it. Yeah. I was done. I would uh, say, I got a... Played some more Days Gone, and that was about it. There you go. We'll talk about those things in a second. I got this yeah. Nady wireless adapter for my guitar. Oh, yeah. um, wait, before I forget. One the first two episodes of Dark Crystal, the Age of Resistance uh-huh. are amazing. Okay. What's that Just on? the first two. Huh. Well, is, that's is, all I've gone through. Yet. What's that oh. on? Okay. Netflix. Oh, I didn't know that. I have not actually yeah. seen, so don't I've never actually shit. seen Dark Crystal before, so. What? What? No way. That's I serious. watched that shit in a fucking classroom of all places. I like, my, my fucking teacher was like, this is a great movie. We're all going to watch it. I was way too fucking young to understand what Dark Crystal really had, like, going for it. Yeah. I just said, oh, this is kind of like a really dark Muppets movie. <laughs> uh, but, yes, I mean, Dark Crystal coming back on Netflix is, you know, it's yeah. been all, all over my fucking, you know, Facebook feed. Because yeah. people of my generation, of, or I guess our generation, is, mm-hmm. you know, grew up with that shit. So, yep. Grew up with the movie. Uh, it they really uh, 
blended have blended the the new CG technology with still using practical puppets for a lot of it right. as well. So well, I mean, good. it's it yeah. it needed to keep that. It was like yeah. very dark Jim Henson. Yeah. And if you've never watched the original Dark Crystal, you do need to watch the movie before you watch the show. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to refresh. Um, uh, the movie it does is. not age well, look wise. No, but but the story is good, so you can get through on the story alone, Justin. Hey, it wasn't terrible. I mean, it no, still kind of holds just, up. It just it's a dark, dark Muppet movie, right? Because there's not any. Um, uh, any kind of uh, higher definition masters of that oh, movie. Well, give it time. Know, it it's still. Oh no, they've already said you're not going to get any better than what the, the original VHS than, fucking version of it. Than the widescreen re-release and the version that's on Netflix. Okay, yeah. well that's fine. I mean, still, it's it's still watchable. Oh yeah, Just, totally. Yeah, totally. Just don't expect to be blown away by it visually. <laughs> Ah, okay. But I mean, then if again, you... that movie came out what late seventies. Yeah, I mean, it so. was, if you, <laughs> yeah, if, if you can get through fucking eighty slasher films and the fucking cheesiness there, you can right? get through Dark Crystal. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's safe to watch with your kids if you have kids. Yes, it just some of the concepts go over their head. A lot of concepts will go over their head. <laughs> Which is why I didn't understand it the first time I watched it. But, yeah. uh, but my aunt was a my aunt was an English teacher and a fantasy buff, so I can't tell you how many times I've watched that movie in my lifetime. I, I can't remember exactly when I watched it, but I remember it being a fucking one of those you know, those moments in a fucking classroom where the teacher pulls in the big CRT yeah. TV on the cart. For, you're like, oh, cool! I don't have to do any homework today, and that was what was playing for for her. There were like four big ones. It was that. It was Willow. It was Black Cauldron, and it was the animated Hobbit film. Okay, the animated Hobbit film, yes, but I didn't watch. I didn't watch Willow in fucking you know in class because, damn, some of the shit can be scarring to a child. <laughs> Willow. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, all right, getting out of the rabbit hole. Um, so that, but anyway, the Willow, the new series is good. It, it's worth a watch. All right, cool. I'll get around to it soon, eventually, soonish, eventually. soonish. I had something, and I can't. You you were talking about your guitar. Oh, yeah. So I found a, so my company has a rewards program, and I ended up, I just got the tuner in today. Nice. I was trying to tune completely by ear, and my ear is not as good as it used to be. Because I could tell when I was trying to play it. I've got a lot of things I've got to fix with that old guitar, now that I've actually plugged it in and listened to it. I, I've got a pickup that's not working, so I'm going to have to open it up and probably rewire a few things. Um, fortunately, I've done that with this guitar before, and I feel confident enough to mess with it. it's just going to be a project right um like one of the pickups is actually sunk in because though i 
know what screw got loose because it's happened before on that guitar. Of course. Um, Everything's got a little quirk, right? Yeah, and then the wires that connect to the jack, I know which one gets loose. And last time I just wrapped it like six times instead of soldering it, so I need to solder yeah, it. Yeah, you need to get a soldering iron. You have a so soldering iron, right? I don't have a soldering iron. But so, I, I've got one. So it's I might not the best, from, but... If you bring it by next week, that'd be great. Okay. But yeah, um, I do have this really cool device though. It's made by Nady, and Nady's like famous for making wireless um, output devices. So typically, what you use a Nady for, or what they were famous for a million years ago, is you'd wear this little belt device, and it's not nearly this big anymore. But it used to be as a belt transmitter that would transmit to your amp. So you plug in a little thing in your amp, plug something into your hip pocket. Well, Basically, for about 30 bucks, there's something that just plugs into the jack that you can plug headphones in, uh-huh. and it automatically adapts and lets you play sound into your ear holes through your through your uh, headphones. Oh, nice. And it adds some really cheesy distortion if you want that. It's got levels and all sorts of stuff, and it plugs into a USB port and charges and has, like, uh, I think, like, 15 hours worth of power. That's not bad. No. It takes, like, an hour to charge. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Came charged out of the box. Um, works really good. I don't remember what it's called, but it literally just plugs in to the jack and you plug in headphones to it and then it's got a couple of settings and there you go. Um, so realize that, uh, I'm back to a Nirvana Nirvana level of playing. So I'm going to practice some more. That's really (laughs) depressing. Um, we're going to go and use these same chords over and over again. <laughs> some dadgad. I'm at a dadgad level right now. D-A-D-G. D-A-D-G-A-D. D-A-D-G-A-D. Um, yeah, I started trying to riff, and I was like, fuck, I'm sloppy. Why did I get such heavy fucking strings? <laughs> I was like, because I wanted a down tune. And I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Talking with myself, obviously. Um, guess well, really- it's you also haven't consistently played in how many years um i haven't picked up the guitar aside from being at my dad's house and like fucking with it in 10 years i haven't played daily in 10 years i mean that'd be like 12 years that'd be like me trying to trying to pick up an electric bass and play it now it's been 12 years since i played one so yeah that's gonna be a that might be something I stick into the rotation as soon as things get fixed. But. And now all we need to have is a fucking lead vocalist and me with a drum set, and we're fucking golden. We can start our own band. <laughs> hey, I thought about when I got good enough, I'd write like a, a tilt cast lick or something like that. There you go. But anyways, um, yeah, it was kind of depressing because everything I'm listening to is way harder to play than I can play right now. <laughs> I was like, fuck, yeah. I suck. I suck. Um, I but... Just- I just need to get some time with the drum set, and you don't get that that opportunity in an apartment. <laughs> Electronic drum set. I watch a, a lot of stuff. I go down these YouTube holes, and what it really means is I really like musicians in general. I really like the theorycraft behind music. I really like watching other people play things or like implement medleys from songs and stuff. And there's a cup for whatever reason, I can't play drums for shit play a 4-4 and a 6-4 and no double bass nothing like I'm, I'm pretty basic but i like watch there's a couple of drum teachers that critique different bands playing mm-hmm. and this one guy goes into like great detail and he's like and if you put your hip flexors this way and then you tent, tense your calf muscles this way then you can get this kind of speed or this kind of rhythm with this type of deal right he's going into like the whole theory i, I know i'm never going to have drums in here i mean i might but yeah, for yeah. the most part i can tell i'm probably not going to have drums in here like why am i watching double bass technique from well, this guy that's in it's used to, fun to watch but it's just the the science behind it basically yeah. 
It's fun to watch. So to I do it, that. There's like can... there's a, somebody that critiques different vocal styles and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's one person that does this for guitar. There's one guy that writes a bunch of medleys. Um, he's in a band called Pliny. Uh, his name is called his name is Troy Wright. He's from Australia. Um, I really like Mashuga. Um, that's probably no joke if you haven't heard the show in a while. But right. this guy did for a while several different medleys where he literally just took the entire album and did a medley for the entire album doing the drum parts. And they're really high-quality recording videos. He's got GoPros on different spots on the drum heads um, to watch him how he does uh, a lot of the transitions. He comes up with his own transitions between parts, but they're he's fucking flawless. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's Troy Wright. Um, anyways, I want to kind of... Before yeah. <laughs> now, I jump into game... <laughs> But talking about that real quick, I got to say one of the most interesting things I ever watched was um, a documentary about Def Leppard. And Rick Allen actually talked about adapting his play style. Oh, for the loss of, for the loss of his arm. Right. Yep. And I got to say, listening to him explain all of that was one of the most interesting things I, will say I not ever watched. The most technical drummer, however, he plays rock drums like somebody with two arms, and he plays it with one arm and both feet. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of pedal work that I, he uses for a lot of his cymbals, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, a lot of extra stuff for, like, his crash and things like that. And I've watched a lot of the stuff on it because it's really interesting kind of watching what he did to compensate for not having an arm. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough. Try, trying try to a really major act, right? Right. A really major act for the 80s, um, and you don't have a fucking arm. Well, and what's that say about the band that, you know, they, they stuck kept behind him. him and they actually, you know, kept him, uh, where a whole lot of bands was said, well, dude, you... Sorry, dude. Yeah, you're, you're on. missing one-fourth of what you, what you can do here. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, dude. We're moving on. Um, but you got to think, he was with the band from 78, and he didn't lose his arm until 85. So, I mean, that's still, I mean, consider that, though. I mean, if, you, yeah. if you're used to playing drums two-handed and having to adapt to a one-handed situation, you're, you're going to, you know, yeah. you, your mind goes into, like, the, the one-man band situation where you can, where can I put cymbals in my knees, uh, you know? <laughs> Uh, how can I produce the same sound without an arm? You know, th it's it's impressive. It's very impressive. But also, Devin Townsend's always interesting to yeah. to listen to his explanation behind no, did, some of his stuff. Did you dive down that hole after I showed you some Devin Townsend? Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Because none Thank of his stuff's much. the same. No. But and he's a pretty interesting guy to listen to, even though he's fucking weird as hell. Oh, he he's weird as fuck. Um, but watching some of his vlogs and stuff as he was doing uh, uh, doing the project and him explaining some of that was really interesting too. That's kind of crazy that you started listening. That's like one of the most <laughs> obtuse musical acts that I listened to on the reg. And Jason, out of all people, is like. Well, that's interesting as fuck. <laughs> I'm done with that. All right. Um, his vocal range is nuts. He is nuts. super nuts. Super nuts. Um, like he's got one of them. He's got <laughs> he's got have the most outrageous vocal range since Freddie Mercury. I would. Well, I mean, he goes everything from opera to like extremely heavy. Yeah. Um, and doesn't fuck his voice up. 
and manages to be a pretty top-notch musician on top of it all. But and every right. album is completely fucking different. But you're right. He's a weird fuck. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go really weird, he used to be part of a death metal band called Strapping Young Lad, and he used to I rock actually... a motherfucking skullet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he did. Um, nice. I actually used to listen to Strapping Young Lad a long time ago, and I didn't realize he did the solo thing until you showed me that. Well, if you're going to go into the really heavy realm, there's a guy named Gene Hogan that used to be part of a a really really a lot of bands a million bands anyways gene hogan is kind of like the father of uh extreme metal drummers because he's such a on time person um he drums with weights on his legs wow. so and he's a bigger guy um like he doesn't look like he drums as fast as he does but his biggest thing is like he is his own click track he is that accurate so the more famous stuff you've heard him in or heard of him is probably death clock Mm-hmm. He did all the drums for all the albums for Death Clock and Galacticon. He's done a couple of Fear Factory albums. He's done uh, Death Angel, I think, was his first act. He's done um, Strapping Young Lad, like all of their stuff. It was all yep. Gene Hogan. But uh, Fear Factory, Testament. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. But he's one of the most wanted drummers. He's, he's like a mercenary. Yeah. A lot of different people use him. He's just some dude that, like, Loves music and loves to drum and is one of the like founding fathers of like extreme drumming. But right. uh, it's going down that rabbit hole I was right. talking about, I started watching a whole bunch of Gene Hogan like instructional stuff on like the theory behind double kick, the reason to use what leg weights. He says use leg weights on the slower songs as you're getting in so that you have the stamina to power through towards the end of a set. Right. So he's got three pound ankle weights mm. on his legs while he drums, which is nuts because <laughs> this is a guy that can drum at like 270 BPM for like two hours. I, yeah. He's a, he is a fucking monster. And he, for a while, he was doing double headers where he was the drummer for two different bands oh, wow. and playing drums at a high speed for like two to four hours. Holy shit. But I mean, it, the dude has rough. worked for some really obscure bands like Meldrum. Uh huh. Zimmer's Hole. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it for for a person like that, it's basically you know trying to find a different sound. You know, so he's and- to to like really out there extreme stuff. He's basically like the Vinnie Paul of like extreme metal. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, it, and it's not all extreme stuff, but just like I said, I think Devin Townsend and Death Clock are probably the most popular stuff that he's done but he's done so much for so many different things um, the guy's been around for fucking ever he's also done shit. he's also done touring stand-ins for bands like opeth and shit right so, i mean when I you're mean, that good you, he, you tend to get the call he's a mercenary yeah <laughs> but yeah he, uh, he, again watching stuff with that guy too i was like man I, he's one of the guys that was just a serious badass way back when i wonder what he does so i started watching his drum clinic videos that he has on youtube i was like it, fuck <laughs> But anyways, we're getting on a rabbit right. hole. We do talk video games, so I want to say, um, Rusty's been talking a lot about Hollow Knight. Fuck it, yeah. And I'm I've been you. playing a lot of different games. Um, I started Devil May Cry 5, but I'm not going to talk about it right now. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool so far. I'm all right with it. Um, I just... I wasn't finding no satisfaction because I was working so hard. Right. Like, I kept my brain kept kind of shutting off. And I really only got to two games, so I'm going to kind of piggyback on some things that me and Rusty have both played a lot of, and I'll kind of jump over to Jason here in a second, too. But I got to Hollow Knight again. I was like, I'm going to give it one last shot before I put it away forever. I, and 
you know, now that it's got the super deluxe version with everything on it on all systems now, they just added a lot of shit for free. Right. Um, it's on Game Pass, and I was like, I'm going to do it. And coincidentally, Mackie from one of the, you know, BMF cast and No Quarters is also playing it. Yeah. So I'd been tweeting at him about it, too. But, um, yeah, so I d- dug back into that. I've gotten through, what's the Soul Master or... Oh, uh, oh, in the... Unlock the achievement for getting half the map unlocked. Okay, so you got to the city, and uh-huh. you went up the tower and fought that fucker. Yeah, it uh, took me about five or six tries to figure out the rhythm on that. And he's one of the two-phase fights in that game. Yeah. Where he goes fucking apeshit crazy once you, once he breaks the bridge. Once I figured out how to get him into that phase, it was the second time I got him into that phase that I killed him. Yeah. It, uh, after that, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. The thing, you know, I've been playing a lot of, uh, oh, I've been playing some Bloodstained too. Yes. Yeah. Right? So um, playing Bloodstained, right? The platform mechanics in Bloodstained are, I'm going to say this, are not as good as Hollow Knight. No, they're not. I Hollow haven't Knight. played one right after the other. I played Bloodstained right after Hollow Knight. Oh, my God. Hollow Knight has superior platforming. It's because you. I feel like you can move better. The longer you hold down the button, the higher yep. you go. You have way more control over your jump. Yep. Um, the distance is just so finely tuned. It seems polished. Like com- stupid you know, polished. Yeah, like for for as small of a team, and really the, the game is... It is relatively simple. Like you, you have you don't have a, a shit ton of weapons. You have the weapon, right? You just have a different, you know, different ways of going about using that weapon. Well, and you got the different charms, right? And the I feel charms like I got about a third of the charms unlocked at this point. Yeah, the, the charms do add some things to it, but you know, just having the nail and just upgrading the nail so that you can you know, can do more damage, right? Uh, it really forces you into a kind of gameplay where you know where your limit is and you try to do different things with that limit. Well, once you get the dash, like that changes the gameplay oh, yeah. dramatically oh, because yeah. the dash changes how you can move around the screen. Oh, yeah. And I feel like the only issue I have with Hollow Knight is kind of understanding where to go next. And then, like, I just gave all my money to the banker and then the banker disappeared. So that's kind of pissing me off. I'm going to figure out where the fuck she went. You'll you'll eventually find her again. I looked up some tips on the game for progression, and then there was somebody in Reddit that said, really, you should just find your own way and just continue to explore. Right. So I got, with the new edition, you have things that they added to the game was, from the first time I played I played it before any of this other stuff was added, mm-hmm. was a marker for where the fuck you are on the map. I didn't realize that that had been added. That's a huge thing, because well, it was a, a huge flaw in the original game. Well, that was a, it was always added, a charm. No, I wasn't there the very, very first time I played that, and there was nothing there. Oh, I, I remember they, getting the charm for it. But, I mean, it's one of the very first charms you actually buy. Yeah, but having that and then having the map pins was kind of a big deal to me. Yep, sure. Um, So that you could just say, this is where I'm going next, right? And then putting a, basically putting a pin in it, right? Oh, I found something that requires an ability I don't have. Putting a pin in it. Yep, I'll come back to this. I still have a little bit of trouble with the progression because I currently am not quite sure where to go next so i think i'm down in the sewers and i need to fight a boss down there to probably progress but i'm not sure and then there's a challenge room that i need to go that's in the mantis village that i haven't messed with yet um Uh, i've got like 15 hours in the game so far which is pretty decent considering the amount of playtime i've had with the whole rebuilding of the website and barbecue and mm -hmm. all this fucking shit 
Um, but overall, like the rhythm of that game, the way that it plays, I was, after going from Bloodstain to that, I can easily say, and somebody's going to hate on this, but I feel like Hollow Knight's the superior game. Oh, I agree, I agree completely. Uh, you it know, just everything's so finely tuned. Whereas, there's less variety, yeah, but there's better core gameplay. Yes, the core gameplay for Hollow Knight is very highly polished. Now, when I first played it, it wasn't quite to this level of polish, which is why I fell off of it pretty quickly. I did too. Um, I got past the first boss, you know, the one that gives you the dash ability. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to play anymore. Right. It, and then now that I've right. gotten really, because the controls are so tight, like good at just bouncing with my sword. Yes. Um, I feel extremely confident doing pretty much anything. Like just understanding the dash and how it jumps and how it moves. Like I feel very, very confident in how the game plays and moves. And it just does so tightly. Yes. That is, there's nothing floaty in the wrong way right like it just it's all intentional it is yeah every movement right down to the the very last pixel is very intentional well and i'm playing it a lot more like a souls game so we've been talking about that kind of gameplay for a while yeah and so now i'm being more deliberate and intentional in what i'm doing i'm not just going up and like flailing my arms like an idiot slash the boss and never move right right like you take two hits and you fucking dash out sometimes i realize that it's a one hit thing right it's intentional that's what i need to do i'm just going to keep dodging and get my safe hits in when i get my safe hits i one shotted most of the bosses i've come up against yeah because i've been intentional with my gameplay well they get harder i know they do (laughs) like i said i got stuck on the soul master whatever the fuck he's called he he fucked my shit up uh, a few times um you know, so yeah, the the thing is with Hollow Knight, it really you know got me into that mindset of you're not gonna fucking like completely Mega Man it. You know, you're not gonna go in there and just fucking like you know st- stand in a spot and maybe jump in in the same spot and just do a bunch of damage. No, you have to actually move, find the opening, uh, you know, look for the weaknesses, find the pattern, and you know, and learn the boss. When you should dodge one way, or when you should jump over well, the boss. Well, it was just like even dodge. with that boss, like I got down the rhythm. He's got like a spinning orb thing that spins around him while you're attacking you, and I figured out you kind of jump about halfway and then dash through it. Right. And then once I got that rhythm down, right, I was only attacking him sometimes, but like when I finally killed him, I lost one bar. But his fake out dive can go fuck itself, right? Yeah, but at least you have a dash that I can <laughs> fake out dash. <laughs> Right, that fucking he has a, a he has a move where he will fucking disappear and then dive down and do a fucking wave attack, uh, but sometimes he will appear, start the animation for the dive, and then disappear and then reappear wherever you're at and dive again, and that fucking that fucking fake out can go fuck itself on some of the harder difficulties. <laughs> but like overall, um, I enjoy the art style quite a bit. Like I really got into it and like I've been pretty solidly planking away at it the last week or so. Just steadily making progress. Like, what are we doing today? I'm gonna go here. And I, I dove real fucking hard into that. And I didn't you know, so I've pre- been pretty outspoken about like these you know, the harder games, the the souls like games where you have to kind of you know, learn a pattern and, you know, you can't go fucking balls to the wall on them, right? Um, you have to, you know, you have to dodge, you have to find your openings, right? 
those games really sucked for me because I uh, I already had a preconceived notion of I'm st- I'm terrible at Dark Souls, uh, and Dark Souls, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know that that type of game just didn't appeal to me because I mentally told myself it's too fucking hard to con- you know to continue. Um, when I went into Hollow Knight, I said I'm I'm going in completely clean slate starting a whole new game and I am going to learn this game. By the time I was done with Hollow Knight, I felt like I could take on some of the games that I, you know, that I had initially said, "Not nah, this is this is outside of the realm of my playstyle." Um I said, "Man, this you know, when I completed Hollow Knight and I told you about it, you're like, "You should play Salt and Sanctuary." And I said, "Oh fuck yeah." I mean, that's a game that's you know, that is a Souls-like and is a platformer. It makes, it makes sense. That's the only time that that, that Salt and Sanctuary would have clicked for me. If you had told me to play Salt and Sanctuary before Hollow Knight, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it. I think it's a little bit it. harder game. Well, Salt and Sanctuary is, but yeah. Um, That's what I'm saying. I, but there's a lot more variety to the builds and things like that. Right. And, and 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 that's that's the thing. If you you know if you haven't played Hollow Knight and uh, and uh, you like the Dark Souls games, you might see you know, see this as kind of an you know an an easy jaunt, right? It it could be you know a uh, you know it could be a fun experience. Uh, relearning that for me, you know, learning a completely new playstyle, really. Uh, made Hollow Knight elevate even higher because there are some some areas in Hollow Knight that are fucking difficult, like fucking real difficult. When you get to the White Palace, let me know. Yeah, I will. Uh, Jason, <laughs> just kind of peeling off this. Have you played anything new in the last couple of weeks? Nope. <laughs> all right, so not at all. He's right. like, nope. We'll let Jason curate um, I some tried news. To, I tried to get into Hyperlight Drifter, but just had too much going on. It's a pretty good game. That's a that's an, another hard game. Yeah, that's a good platformer though. Eh, it, it's a good game. I need to finish it. I got ninety percent of the way through that game. I just gotta. I gotta replay it. I'm in a good place for that right now. But, um. Speaking of stuff like that, me and Rusty have both played a game, and I was really surprised to find out he was playing this when we were talking about it at the party. Yeah. Um, it's Remnant from the Ashes, right? Fucking A. Remnant from the Ashes. Both, he picked it up, not without me knowing, and I didn't think he would have been the type of person that would have picked it up. I picked it up kind of on a whim. Yeah. Um, thinking, oh, I've been interested. I've had this on my wish list for a real long time. Uh, we watched a video for that about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, I remember and I was it. like, oh, yeah, I might be interested in that. And it's kind of like a shooter, shooter souls. Well, when you when I watched that video, I said, "Oh God, this is going to be another fucking Dark Souls game." And at that moment, my mindset was not fucking pre, you know, not primed by Hollow Knight. So I had already written it off in my brain. I said, "Now this is a game I'm not going to play." Well, you know what's crazy about this game though is that no two playthroughs are alike. Right. And Rusty's beaten it twice. Twice. So. <laughs> 
I'm going to kind of start the discussion a little bit about what the game is, and yeah. then Rusty will have more value to add to this, I'm sure. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I will say I, there's three classes you can start with, but you can get any of the weapons and abilities that any of the other classes have. Yep. And so I picked the, what's the medic class called? The uh, ex-cultist. The ex-cultist, which is the middle class, and you're on the select screen. Right. He's the closest one that looked like a gunslinger, which is why I picked him, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, I picked him because his armor looked fucking cool, but I also picked him because his starting mod is a healing zone, which I felt would be incredibly awesome for a fucking Souls-like game. So, so that's actually one of the reasons I picked him, too. But So it starts you off with a preset class with preset ability, and... What it basically tells you is each run is going to be different. The boss encounters are going to be different. The tile sets are going to be different. And I will tell you, I reloaded after I got to the first boss the first time because I wanted... I got kind of stuck. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got kind of stuck. I wasn't playing it. I don't think I was playing it quite right. I think I was a little bit too melee heavy with what I was doing. Yeah. And then, so I ground a little bit, and then I just reloaded it after that boss. I was like, I wonder what happens when I do this. So the tile set itself the layout changed the tile set didn't change dramatically right but the areas to go to are completely different the um like the boss encounters are completely different the dungeons that loaded in were completely different yep um i got a completely different first boss yes you did yeah Um, you will and so my first boss who was it? it was the guy the guy that charges um, what the hell is his name? Uh, it, uh, like, uh, as like Gorefist or something like that. The he, yeah, something like the Gorefist or whatever. Yeah, and I was trying really hard to come up with a good strategy. This took me like a good fifteen tries the first time around. Right, and it's he's got these basically. If you've ever played Serious Sam, and you know the guys that have no heads that run around with the bombs and blow up. <laughs> yes, he basically has an equivalent of that. It's these big like bladders, yep. and that's the best thing. It looks like a it looks like, like a scrotum. A, it yeah, does. <laughs> kind of like, like a ball sack running at you um, that's filled full of gas, and it explodes and knocks off, like, half your health. Yeah. And I there's the layout that I got had a bunch of, like, corridors and a, a area to traverse up top. And I don't know if the boss encounter levels are the same every no, time. they are. So and that might be that might be a good intentional thing. Right. But so anyways, like, I was running all over the place and trying to, like, duck and weave and dodge, and this guy would keep charging me and keep eating my lunch. So I went to the open area on the bottom. And then I realized with my kind of with my back almost up against the wall, I could see all angles. I could shoot the little guys that were running at me, and then I could just dodge roll under this guy's attacks and keep shotgunning them, shotgunning the fuck out of him. Right. So once I got that strategy down, about three tries later, I down him. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah. Went go went and spent my scrap, upgraded some shit, and then went back into it. Now I'm stuck at the end boss. So it but, is. What, but I've got a lot of different. The Ent boss. Ent. Okay. So a more giant, scrotums. A giant tree with screaming scrotums and a whole <laughs> bunch of little mini mini guys like running at you. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. this huge open encounter where you got to shoot this guy a million times while dodging artillery, basically, uh, screaming scrotums yes. and um, little midgets with teeth. Yes. Uh, uh, that's probably not correct. Uh, anyways. Yeah, but well. Little monsters with teeth. Yeah, they're. I call them. Uh, I call them munchkins. Uh, yeah, they're little guys with these like with a couple gremlins. of butcher knives and yeah. a whole bunch of teeth, and they like mob you. But well, they're so a lot of those. Uh, a lot of that encounters actually. I think the the ent uh, fight is. Uh, it, it has its cheap ass moments, like 
during the artillery phase. See, I'm um, good at the artillery phase. What I'm not good with is the me, ads, right? I having a hard time with the ads. Like I could, if it, there were no ads, yep, I could absolutely down this guy. The ads, I'm having some difficulty managing, and it's. I've tried lots of different weapon combos. I've tried going like SMG and sniper rifle, sniper rifle and revolver, like the repeater pistol and yeah. shotgun. Um, I've tried double barrel shotgun and like revolver. I've tried. I, what happens is I run out of stamina uh-huh. while I'm running around. I can't kill all the ads fast enough, and the ads trip me up enough to get caught in the artillery, and then I die. Gotcha. And the sniper, I've gotten him down to like a quarter health. That's as far as I've gotten. Uh-huh. And so I put it down, and that's when I picked up Hollow Knight. But, like, I'm going to go back. Yeah. Um, but it just, the game overall, though, yeah. is pretty fucking solid. That is one of the best B-title games I've played in a long time. It's, it's not going to make game of the year, but it's certainly got enough unique about it that it's just, it's really fucking interesting. Right. I mean, I I, I agree. It's probably not going to make a game of the year. Um, You know, it is it is a smaller you know a smaller development t- uh, team title, uh, um, but it's one of the best. I mean, honestly, it 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 is. It's you got f- his its flaws. Like having played through it twice. How many how many bosses do you go through? Oh geez. Um, so on each world, and there's four four worlds. Um, on each world, there can be anywhere between uh, three to five bosses, depending on your role, depending on the uh, the the way that the uh, the thing rolls. Now, there's one one world that doesn't have nearly as many bosses. It makes up for it in in the amount of enemies that you fight. Uh, you you will notice this because uh, it is one of the bigger difficulty spikes that you'll see. Uh, when you are uh, when you going through your first playthrough, um, but uh, each one of the uh, uh, each one of the worlds will have uh, you know basically four different kinds of enemies. You'll have your bargain, you know, you know your your basic fucking enemy, and the enemy you know uh, types, you know the the kinds of enemies that you run into are different on each world, of course, uh, and they all have their own unique way of dealing with them um like the tr- you know like the of uh, the uh root people you know the root enemies the basic root enemies they just basically throw axes at you and then come you know come at you uh but there's four different levels there's the basic enemy there's the elite enemy which you will notice you know will come into play it'll have an audio cue kind of like a I don't know, almost like a a weird screech, or it's some kind of horror tone, basically. Right? Yeah, it's a it's a w- weird. And I've know, run into different tone. elite enemies, like the one of the double swords that blocks everything. Yes, yeah. So, or the guy with the fucking minigun. Right. So there's um, there's a set of elite enemies which are harder to kill, but normally will drop more scrap and uh and a component that you're going to want to have as many of uh the luminite crystals you want yeah i just finally upgraded my first dragon heart yeah you you get all of the luminite crystals you're going to run out of them really quickly uh then the third third kind is what is considered the mini boss and you'll notice that the mini bosses are just an elite with a much bigger health bar and a couple extra moves. So 
in that regard, they kind of took the easy way out as far as the mini bosses are concerned. Like Gorefest is, you know, is actually one of the elites that you can see out on the streets. He just has uh, an extra enrage mode where he has extra swings. Um, and then there is a world boss for each world, you know, and each time you uh, go through and generate a, you know, a new campaign, it will pick one of two different end bosses. So, and those end bosses generally drop a component that creates a boss weapon. So, have you gotten any really cool boss weapons since you played I, through it twice? I have. Uh, I have a very large selection of boss weapons. Uh, you know, some of the uh, and what makes the game replayable is that even if you end up getting the Ent, for instance, the Ent has two weapons that you can get from him. Uh, and uh, it uh, it depends on how you defeat that boss. I'm not going to really ruin it for you, but uh, there is a, a, a special boss condition for it. Uh, so you haven't seen the, the dragon boss, right? No. Okay. Well, the dragon boss, think Monster Hunter. If you If you want to get one versus the other... Think Monster Hunter. So what you attack the most. What, what you attack the most uh, will, uh, you know, will give you a different weapon output, a different weapon, uh, uh, a different um, mo- uh, monster part that you can take and make a uh, weapon out of. So, you know, each one of those bosses has a couple different conditions. You, you know what we haven't described, though? So the setting is really out there, too. It's yeah, like it a is. really... Um, Sort of Lovecraftian, sort of like weird nature shit, sort of like some kind of weird horror demon shit. Yeah. And it's set in like the 90s or something like that. Well, yeah. Like it's... it goes back and forth. Like it, like the the short version of the story is people telekinetically <clears throat> or t- uh, psychically connect with a different dimension and that dimension finds our dimension and pours in and is trying to end the world and their humanities on its last fringes. Right. Right. And you're a stranger that wanders into this world looking to defeat the big bad. And there's a series of, you know, audio logs and stuff like that. But right. aesthetically, it's very kind of kind of Lovecraftian, kind of like Gears of War, Almost. kind of um, Silent Hill. It's got a really unique style to it. Yeah, it does. Um, feels a little bit Fallout at times, feels a little bit. I feel like the settings themselves feel kind of Gears of War, well, like Gears of War three. You you haven't gotten past the uh, the the Earth city yet. Um, it it branches off quite a bit, and you will notice, you know, the the different worlds have a different feel to them, um, and you'll have, uh, I mean, you know, NPCs that you run into and enemies and. Each one of those, there's there's a couple scripted things that will happen on every playthrough, but sometimes does the church does the church scripted thing happen on every playthrough? Yes, the church scripted thing is central to the story. Yes, okay. Uh, That's and for those of you that don't know, go when you finish that encounter, go search the church and you'll find an assault rifle. You'll find a sniper rifle. Oh, is it the sniper rifle? Where do yes. you find the assault? Oh, the assault rifle is just explore assault, everything random. The assault there's some rifle survivor's like holdout. It, 
It's called the uh, the Monkey Key Dungeon. It doesn't actually have a name, but if you go into a dungeon and you find a Monkey Key, then you're going to uh, if you complete that dungeon, you'll have access to the assault rifle. Um, and I didn't get access to the assault rifle until after uh, after I re-rolled my main campaign about three times. Uh, I went through Earth as many times as I could you know, could at, you know, just to be able to get the assault rifle. Cause it never actually spawned for me on my first two playthroughs. Um, so there is, there's a couple things that, uh, that this game will do is if you play through it and never reroll your campaign, you're only going to have access to about a third of the weapons. For instance, my very first playthrough all the way through the game, I got no special melee weapons. So I played the, you know, my first playthrough was all primary weapons. I got one pistol and that was it. Everything else was primary weapons. Uh, I didn't know anything about how the game was generated. I didn't really research it. I only watched, uh, I watched a Twitch streamer play the first hour of it and said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try it because it looks fun. You know, I was already kind of looking at, should I pick up Dark Souls? And then I said, nah, let's go with a middle ground here. I want to play, you know, this, you know, uh, like a Dark Souls with guns is how it's normally described, right? So I, uh, I I picked it up really kind of not knowing whether or not I would really enjoy it. I just wanted to give it a try. And I found myself just loving the fuck out of it. Like I, I was really surprised to hear you were playing it. Yeah, I mean... It it is, <laughs> it is uh, not uh, not the kind of game that you would expect me to pick up, uh, but I can tell you, it how, is. How long did two playthroughs take you? Um, the first playthrough took about twenty five hours. I was going through it fairly slowly. I was learning it, and I died a lot. Um. But the uh, second playthrough was significantly faster, um, mainly because you start with all of the weapons that you've you know you've gotten and upgraded, and everything's already scaled to your level, basically. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it scales to your uh, it the the way the scaling works in this game is it will take your highest weapon, highest armor, uh, you know, and it'll combine those to give you your difficulty rating for that uh, that area. And then it'll add a plus one or a plus two, you know, to kind of scale up as you move through the story. Right. And then it, the way that it gates progression is by materials for upgrades. Right. Right. So, like, I was stuck with iron for a little bit till I got to the next area. And then it was, like, forged iron or something like that. Right. Or steel that I needed to continue to upgrade. And so, you get to, like, how, what's, how high do your weapons plus out? Uh, your normal weapons will plus out at 20. And boss weapons will plus out at 10. Um, and that is the highest that they can you know, be upgraded. But boss weapons basically give uh, are the equivalent of two levels every time you up upgrade them. And they take special components. Like you can't get a plus 10 boss weapon without getting a really rare uh, uh, Simulacrum. What you use to uh, upgrade, upgrade the, dragon, the Dragonheart. Which you I found to, one in my first few hours. Right. You know, you don't get very many of them. The first one is basically given to you. 
So that you can upgrade your heart. Right. So that you can upgrade your heart once. Um, but uh, as you play through it, it, those aren't guaranteed. You have to look for them. Uh, it's a game about looking in nooks and crannies. And I feel like like the gunplay feels fairly solid. Like there's cover, but it's not sticky cover. It's just there are things in the way and you can kind of you can crouch down, can't you? You can crouch down, and that's one of the things that uh, the game doesn't tell you is that you can crouch down under, you know, under cover. So there are places, it's not full melee game. Like I said, some of the enemies throw axes and shit at you. Some of the enemies have guns and will fire at you. Um, So, yeah, I got to some of the human enemies and I was like, back to the shotgun. Right. So you, uh, you can actually find low cover areas, crouch. And you'll be protected from their gunfire. Of course, they'll try to flank you and whatnot, but uh, you can normally pick them off when they try to do so. But if you are crouched and then you go to aim down the sights or, you know, fire your gun, because this game has a interesting mechanic as far as how to melee versus how to you know gunfire, you use the same button for both. Yeah, it's just if you hold the aim button, you're firing. <laughs> right. If you hold the aim button, you'll use your ranged weapon versus just using your melee. But if you hold down your your aim, if you're crouched under cover, it will pop you up so that you can, you know, pop out of cover. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That will make the human boss fight them on a little bit easier. A little bit easier, yeah. It, it makes, you know, once I figured that out, I was like, oh, well, shit. That's that's what you're supposed to do because I got my ass handed to me on that fucking fight. Um, yeah, that's one of the other ones that I'm messing with right now. Yeah, I got my ass handed to me on that fight. Uh, it is, uh, it is definitely worth a play for fucking sure. It, uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of uh, you know extra variety. Like the the worlds look very similar. The the path that you take through the worlds are going to be different every time you regenerate uh, the uh, campaign, but the the goals are going to be the same. Get to the end boss so that you could go on. Um, what it does have, though, is the way that it's built. It's very modular. Like this, you know this uh, this game could you know really easily be added to. With new campaigns and new uh, new tile sets to you know to generate a uh, a whole new campaign, you know, so that you can take your uh, take your character, your dude, and then go forward, and then just up you know you know remove the cap for the weapons so that you can get. More I, more I weapons. liked that when I decided to reroll because I got on a boss that I would just I wanted it to see what else was out there. Right, I was early enough in the campaign to do it that I just had an option when I hit the crystal. Reroll campaign. Yep. Started me from zero, but it didn't remove any of the things that I'd upgraded. It was literally right. just it redid the world, upped it to my level, and then moved forward. Right. You know, which I thought that's pretty fucking cool. It is really cool. Uh, you know, and the uh, the developers already know that you know getting to like the fourth world and only being able to have, uh, you know, really one go at it f- uh, every fifteen hours to be able to regenerate the dungeons there to get different weapons and armor. Uh, so they're adding an adventure mode where you can regenerate just a world instead, you know, so, you know, it, it will take one full level of yeah. the game and remix it all 
so that you can get different dungeons and different enemies and different armor pieces and whatnot. Um, it is, uh, uh, it, it, it's got its challenges in spots. Um, but it is, uh, it's, it's a really good game. I it mean, feels fair. I mean, for $40, it's really not bad. Uh, you know, the, um, and it runs pretty good. Like I haven't really had much of a hitch with it. I haven't, I had a couple crashes early on. Are you running it in a weird resolution? No, I wasn't running it on any anything more than what my card normally handles. Uh, what I found is that and they do use the uh, the Unreal Engine uh, on that, and uh, Unreal tends to really dislike overclocked cards. Mine is a you know a 1080 Ti superclock, so it comes overclocked out of the box, and every time I do a driver update, it uh, will, you know, reset everything to its superclock state. Um, and you have to kind of manually declock those to make Unreal not freak out. Uh, so, there, uh, if, if you... <coughs> wow. Don't die. Excuse me. Wow. Um, if you have a superclock card, if you go into the in- in- NVIDIA control panel, you can enable debug mode. Uh, and it doesn't do what you think it does. All it does is it turns the super clock off. Um, it, it does other development shit, but you know, it, for gameplay purposes, it just turns the super clock par- uh, portion of it off. So it just declocks it to whatever you need it to be. As soon as I did that, had no more crashes. Um, you know, so hot tip there, I guess. Uh, the you know, the the gameplay. Even though I'm done with, you know, two campaign run-throughs, I found myself wanting to go back to it, if that makes any sense at all. It does because it's a run-based game. Yeah, it it just... It's Rogue I, Souls. It, it it feels just just good enough for me to go back to it. And, and the idea that well, I don't have everything upgraded and I don't have all the different guns and there's a... There's an SMG that I really want to get because it uses it, it spits fire. Um, it yeah. There's uh, there's I liked all a lot of the of rewards that it gave you for exploring this story too because you'd get things to level up from the story upgrades. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and every time you know, and you continually get more powerful. The game has a trait system, which is basically your build, uh, and you can put trait points. You get one trait point per you know experience level, uh, and you can find trait books on the you know on the you know ground that will give you one point you know automatically, like a free level up. Uh, but you use those trait points to you know to invest in traits, and you get those traits for doing certain things. Like um, it, it'll give you a trait for reload speed based on how many times you actually reload. Uh, or um, if you get into a multiplayer session, it will give you a revive rate for reviving somebody. So you can put traits in there to make revives happen faster. You know, it's it kind of organically grows like that, which is really cool. And you can get some really, really excellent builds out of it. Um, so you, you need to get through the entirety of one play session or one playthrough to even be able to respec. So just know that. 
Fair enough. You know, it's you know, if you haven't picked up Remnant from the Ashes and you like Souls games, uh, it is right there at, at a uh, you know, it's like Bloodborne if the bullets were good, <laughs> right? Right. No, not it's, nearly as pretty. Uh, it's you know, it is definitely worth a buy if you uh, if you enjoy Souls games, and if you don't enjoy Souls games, give it a try because it doesn't it doesn't punish you as hard as a Dark Souls game. No, because the one major difference is if you die, you keep all your shit. Right. Yeah. That's that's the big punishment there, and the uh, the multiplayer for it is uh, cooperative. But remember, if you play cooperative. Friendly Fire is on. And just so you know, Friendly Fire is on for the enemies as well. Use that to your advantage. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that when they, <laughs> like, you get a whole bunch of them dogpile through a door or something, and yep. one behind shooting, it shoots the other guy. Yes. Use that to your advantage. You can use them as meat shields. <laughs> it is, uh, it, you know, it's not incredibly deep. Like there are places where I wish there was a little bit more variety, or maybe some you know something more than just scrap to pick up. Um, there's a lot of cre- there's a lot of breaking boxes to get scrap. Yeah, you know, this is you know there is this is break everything the game. Yes, you break. It's like oh, there's chairs. I'm breaking those chairs, and you spend a lot of time meleeing chairs and fucking boxes and pots and fucking like you know weird plates on the wall and fucking shit. Yeah. You spend a lot of time breaking, you know, parts of the environment. Um, but what you get from that is the scrap to be able to upgrade your weapons. And that is definitely, definitely worth getting. Cause once you get into the boss weapons, they will have a pre-installed mod that can't be removed. Um, and the mods in this game are, you know, basically your spells, you know, you get an additional ability with your gun. Um, uh, and on top of that, the mods will now, since the patch that happened yesterday, uh, if you upgrade your gun and you put a mod in it, that mod will also be at that level. So it will do more damage or heal more or do whatever. Yeah, I like the flame mod a lot. Yeah, there's some really fucking good mods out there. So, before we hit break, is there anything else huge that you played? I mean, we both kind of played this game. I think we devoured that a lot over the last two weeks. And I I still got a ways to go, but I feel like it's a game that I'm going to finish. And, like, next week, well, I'm going to be playing Gears the day that we record next week. Yeah. But... you know that was the that was the big game that I finished. The other game that I played uh, is uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. Oh, how what's the ship you're in? Uh, I'm in the last ship. Uh, I forget the name of it, the, but the one that I was flying, the Coyote. The no, the, well, oh. is it? It is the last up. Uh, you know, the last ship that you can get without side quests. With without well. Yeah, without side quests because there's five other ships that are not up for sale. So yeah, so there, this this is a a thing, <laughs> and really the developers and and mainly the guy that does the videos, right? Um, I I forget names because names are terrible for me. Uh, but yeah, he he's like, there's nine ships in the game, guys. 
uh, you know, but only five of them are actually for sale if you go to a shipyard. Um, I'm in the last one that is on sale uh, on sale at every shipyard. Yeah, it's got like six fucking hard points on it, and then that's, two missile hard points. That's right, and that's all you need, really. And honestly, that ship is fucking badass. That's really it all is you the dogfight ship. Ship and the other ship right before that is your tugboat. Right. So, I kind of wish they had the ability to store a ship. Yeah. So you didn't have to just rebuy it and re-outfit it. Right. Well, yeah, you're not going to get a whole lot out of Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. Unfortunately, the 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 way that this game really works for me uh, is uh, the initial grind was was all right. I found that. Um. Well, let's 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 say what Rebel Galaxy all really is. It, it is kind of like a a, a privateer. Yeah, um, it's a wing commander privateer. Yeah, it is. It is just that you're not necessarily a good guy. And you're not necessarily a bad guy. You're just kind of getting by, uh, and you're following a story bit that starts off. You know, you start the game off with, and you know, it really kind of opens up to do whatever the hell you want to do. Um. You know the uh, the drive for me for games like this is to get better guns, to get better ships, to be able to survive fights a little easier and things like that. Um, unfortunately for me, uh, I found mining, and mining in this game is fairly simplistic. It's you know you go to an asteroid field, you scan for shit, you you know mine the hot spot on the asteroid, and then you tractor in all of the goodies. And then Can you, you go, do it without a mining laser, I guess? You have to put a mining laser on it, but, you know, I you generally don't have to f- have fight so much. Uh, and the mining laser is actually surprisingly okay for the, you know, for the starting areas as far as damage output. Um, not necessarily later on in the game, but it, it's workable. Uh, the idea behind this, though, is... After you get about two or three systems out, you can find ice fields instead of uh, asteroid fields. And the ice fields almost always drops pure water, and pure water sells for about 4000 a pop. And as you get more cargo, so you, you end up... full-on Elite Dangerous with this. You, you, I, I ended up gaining enough credits to be able to upgrade to the last ship before really one quarter of the story was done uh and it just got easier and easier to the point where i didn't even care about the story i there was no drive there i didn't i didn't even I'm, i didn't finish the game because once you get to the last ship and you outfit it with the best weapons there's really not much more than just doing the scenario of the story missions, and they weren't incredibly varied. You know, it I is a dog see, I'm in a kind of a similar boat, and so I think I over-focused on side missions. And so my goal, as I've been going back to it, has been simply just do main missions, because I got, like, well over a million credits at this point. Yeah. Like, I don't need money for anything, ever. Right. After I, you get to the uh, last ship, the only thing you like need I is... Foc- I focused on a lot of mercenary and trade missions. Okay. And then I found where the black market was, and then I would go through with the biggest. So with the huge, the ship with the huge hold. The Beluga. 
the beluga. Um, I was basically filling it up with all the contraband from all the pirates I was killing and going and making like 80000 a pop right. at the black market and then going back and killing pirates and then going back. So I'd go and do a couple missions that involve pirates, get their contraband, take it back to the black, the, the black market, mm-hmm. sell it, and then go back. And I did that for about five hours. And I was like, man, I'm well over a million credits. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could have gotten the coyote a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. And so I did. And then I was like, man, this is a way better dogfighter than that fucking, fucking freighter. Right. Even yeah. though the freighter has, like, the turrets and all that other stuff, it turns, like, like a fucking semi-truck. Right, right. Because well, I mean, that's basically what it is. And and I found the turrets really didn't do much for me. And uh, and I found out that you have to have the, uh, the highest rated radar to be able to really effectively use turrets. Because uh, if you just use the uh, the normal ISS radar, um, it does not do multi-targeting, and multi you know that means that all of your turrets are always focused on the one dude that you have in your dogfighting. Well, if your turret's on the backside of your ship, it's not going to do anything for you. Um, but I'd never thought about that. You have the higher rated you know radar where it can do multi-targeting. It will target the guys behind you, and the turrets will do their work for the people behind you as well as you having your target that you're dogfighting. Um, so I didn't, I didn't have that and I didn't you know, have any use for the turrets. So I just put mining lasers on everything. Um, you know, it just, it's an all right game, but for me, it lacked any kind of real depth. You know, it's just, here, here's an experience, and as soon as you get to the last ship, you're like, well, there's really nothing more to grind for other than the story, and the story is not really super great. So, I think I'm going to try to push past that point and see what it's like getting some of the other ships, because I have a feeling that's where the upgrades get more substantial. Because now that I have my own base, because that's also a thing too, I've got a lot of different weapons to kind of choose from, which yeah. just kind of helped the experience a little bit. Is and. For me, it was all about having three auto cannons and fucking uh, two of the like ion or tachyon blasters, and uh, I could take down capital ships with my fucking fighter. And at the point where I figured out where the dead spots are on a capital ship, how to take out their turrets, and be able to just take out the biggest fucking ships in the game with my little fighter halfway through the fucking story, uh, there was no challenge for me. And, you know, it it became face roll. And that's what, that's where the game lost me. I said, you know what? It's time. I need a harder game. That's when I started playing Remnant. Uh, <laughs> well, do you think we're at a good spot for a break? Yeah, the puppy is starting to get antsy. All right, we'll be back. That's hungry. <laughs> His stomach rumbled. He's hungry. He's going hungry. Oh my god! <laughs> he can do it. I can't. <laughs> no, he's so, no, he's no Chris Cornell. No. Yeah, no, I'm no. not. No, and but, I, I'm not going to even say I'm close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but 
Being back means it's news time. It is. We swapped mascots, too. Yes. We did. We've got one. We got the Lola dog. No, we've got the Zoe dog. dog. Oh, my God. Zoe hates you now. I'm. That's how she wanted to look at you now. Right? That's how tired I am. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Hey, Zoe. Zoe. Hey. 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 You going to get up for it? No. No? No. She says, fuck you. She says, the hand comes to me. (laughs) I cast, fuck you. (laughs) So, super. We have the grumpier dog. Right. (laughs) A couple uh, quick things for me. So, uh, Capcom. Yeah. Uh, set up a new site. Everybody's uh, believing to mean a new Resident Evil game. Uh, uh, actually, I think that's what's definitely rumored right yeah. now. Yeah. It is called Project Resistance. Okay. As long as it's not fucking like it, it's right. not the fucking cover shooter that um, they come up with for what was it Raccoon City? Um, fucking. Uh, well, that was bad. That was tra- tried to like that. Oh it was my bad. God. <laughs> you know exactly yeah. which one I'm talking about. I do because we tried to like that game, and it fucking sucks. Was, it's, it's one step up from Colonial yeah. Marines, <laughs> right? Which you tried to um, like that too. <laughs> fucking sucked. Uh, says there will be a teaser trailer on September 9th. So, okay, want to keep an eye out for that. It's another Resident Evil game. Okay, yeah. I mean they did a pretty damn good job of the latest Resident Evil. Uh, not that I've played it, but I've seen quite a bit of it. Um, I mean, the remakes have been, have been okay from what I've seen. I strictly didn't replay them just because, well, I played the originals and I wasn't that interested in playing remakes of them. Uh, well, the remakes Mm -hmm. are actually worthwhile, uh, from what I was able to see that, you know, they're, they're... They've got a different feel, even though they're, you know, from the old storyline. You know, I liked watching that, but playing Resident Evil, to me, is not a thing that I want to do again. (laughs) Right. Um, And then the other... Fucking uh, zombies. Other quick thing is uh, about a game that hasn't really been talked about a whole lot there is a uh, new dragon ball z game coming out that's more rpg like similar to xenoverse xenoverse but it is going to be completely linear and you will play through all of the dragon ball z storylines but okay or i could Um, just watch the fucking anime Right. I mean, <laughs> for me, that's really the you know, the the best parts right. about those was the fights, and of course, if they you know if Xenoverse has ever actually told me anything, the actual farming and fight part of that it's not nearly as good as they think it is. Yeah, it's so. Well, I mean, there's a reason most of these have like failed. Well, yeah, um, and and the the hard. Dragon Ball Fighter Z um, is probably the closest to a perfect fucking Dragon Ball game that you could get. But that's because it's a pure fighting, fighting game. game. Yeah. Um, either way, this will be coming out in uh, sometime early next year. So if you're even slightly interested, there you go. But to be honest, after after what the two Xenoverse games were for me, 
I don't know that I'm really interested in another RPG. Xenoverse was kind um, of a weird fucking like uh, MMO. There, there are plenty of people who really enjoyed mm. it. I just didn't. I couldn't. I, I wanted to. In fact, I watched all of Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z before playing Xenoverse, and was severely disappointed with the way the time I wasted. Not necessarily with the anime, but with the fucking game. Right. <laughs> um. And then uh, transitioning a little bit, because I know Justin had some to talk about this. Uh, apparently, Telltale Games is being revived. What? Um, what? It was shut down last year and uh, was purchased by LC. Its assets were purchased by LCG Entertainment. Okay. Um, and now they are relaunching it um, with new heads. Uh, Jamie Otley and Brian Waddell, both who have pretty much made a career out of mobile games. Right. So, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, one of the things, now I, I actually you know, looked into this and, and watched a, you know, a little bit of a, uh, a story that dove a little deeper into it. While they may be uh, mobile devs, um, that you know that picked it up, they were really big into the storytelling ele- uh, element of the Telltale games. They thought that it's a uh, it's a formula that they could make work, but what they needed to do and what Telltale actually did wrong during their you know during their cycle was that they took on way too many projects, uh, and they didn't have a whole lot of diversity as far as how they built their games. That just using the same engine, same art composition, basically. Yes, you know, and just throwing different lines of dialogue in there, uh, and trying to build a game off of that. And sure, some of those games, like the Batman games, actually were really good and had different systems to them. Um, They were, uh, if you look back at all of the Telltale games, they all have the same cell shaded art style that you know that worked for The Walking Dead. Because it was based off of a, you know, it was supposed to look like, the, uh, like a living graphic novel. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't necessarily fit super well with Batman. Uh, and, well, I guess it could still work with the uh, Wolf Among Us. But he just kind of want, wanted to see an evolution in their uh, in their style. And he didn't see that on top of just the amount of, you know, games that they said that they were going to do. They ended up getting mired down. Uh, so their direction is that only picked up a couple of the titles, and Walking Dead is not among them. No. Um, uh, Walking Dead was exclusively purchased by Skybound. Right. Well, they finished um, the story. And they finished it. Um, with uh, uh, with what they purchased, they do have full backlog catalog rights to The Wolf Among Us. Yes. Batman. Yes. Tells to the Borderlands of the Borderlands, etc. So yes. those, expect to see those re-released. Um, well, not necessarily re-released, but in, you know, there's going to be development for them. Yes. Um, there, um, and of course, all the original Telltale games like Puzzle Agent, etc. Right. I was going to um, say where this becomes something really interesting to all of us. I think. Well, maybe not as much to us, but some people that have followed in our footsteps. Seven Days to Die was being ported to P- uh, Xbox right, and PS4 via Telltale. Right. 
And there hasn't been updates for, at this point, like a year and a half. Right. Because of the issue they had with Telltale and trying to get their rights back. Um, there's a lot of comments on their Twitter about that that recently happened because of the Telltale thing. They haven't said anything about it yet. But there's been some speculation that they've been trying to get their rights back so that they can just port it in themselves or use a different company. And that's where it got hung up, and it's had some impact on them getting the game finished, to be honest with you. Yeah, it it was it seemed like a good, you know, it seemed like a good move for them, you know, at the time that they did it. But as soon as Telltale, you know, you know, started to falter and then go under, uh, you know, I was wondering about the uh, Seven Days to Die crew because they kind of, you know, married to a sinking ship. Uh, so that's really why we haven't seen too much of it. Um, I mean, Seven Days to Die is one of those games that we kind of go back to every so often, see what they've changed, and, you know, while it's not the prettiest of games, it still has really great bones. And Right. The, the one thing, too, uh, that's really kind of an encouragement is, in statements Otley's made, it's clear he's a fan. Uh, yeah. uh, of all of it. Um, but he said, you know, for the, uh, for the most part, he decided to buy the rights because he believes in the future of adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, really, it was a vi- viable business that basically went away because of market conditions and some of the scale choices that Telltale's previous management made. Right. Like I said, uh, too much. Which, I mean, we all, there's not a single one of us at this table that hadn't made a complaint right. about those related issues right. over the last few years. It just seemed like they pumped out um, way too much, and yeah. it didn't vary. <laughs> um, yeah, like so, the, the Game of Thrones game is kind of hot garbage. I'm just yeah, going to say that. Yeah. I really wanted to like it, and I stopped playing it. Um, so he, he right. said, but he said there's still space in the industry to have a company that's bare specializes in narrative games um so i mean he's said all he's saying all the right things right now um you know this will just definitely be a wait and see well if they if they go on and to further complicate things there's still class action lawsuit going of course against the original executives so yeah that has you know, to be cleared up first of complicate course. some of the stuff yeah it, so i mean if uh if telltale actually does just you know just two things if they continue their batman uh their batman game and improve you know it has to improve yeah um the the batman games were really fun for sure uh, you know, and, and I'm going to argue that they were the funnest of the Telltales, you know, because I enjoyed them. Yeah. But um, I have to say all the way around, though. It, system I improvements. Think, I think uh, uh, The Wolf Among Us is the perfect example of. Wolf Among Us had a, should be. Yeah, so Wolf Among Us had the, you know, the story elements, you know. Uh, as perfect. far as the story element, that yeah. was the most perfect game out of all I, of them. I, I really, really enjoyed the Wolf Among Us because 
there was just this this feeling of uh well it was kind of a murder mystery mm-hmm. um uh so it was a murder mystery who done it with some fantastical fucking moments and uh i mean when he first turned into the big bad wolf you could feel from the how it was presented that that was a big moment for the story uh so you if they could recapture and improve upon that, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I would really like to see a continuation of it. For and sure. also keep it keep it smaller scale, the way Telltale was before the Wolf Among Us and the Walking Dead right. made them big headliners, and that is not try to property grab. And well, that's where Telltale went wrong. Right. They probably well, they had grabbed. way too many simultaneous projects. Right. Yeah. So there's another thing that you know that come from the interview with the uh, with the guys you know that you know that picked them up is that uh, they understand how content's being uh, consumed nowadays. Mm-hmm. So uh, so where Telltale was doing an episode every month or so, um, what they realized is when they looked at it and got you know player feedback is that most people would just wait for the entirety of the you know of the game. I'm sure it threw off projections for their profit too, for how they're going to mess with their operating expenses. For sure, you know, because I would always like either wait for the very end and buy it all at once, or I would like pay for it all at once. But most of the time, I'd wait for it to be done. Right, and that's and that's exactly what they got from the gamers is that you forget too much, right, in in two months. Right, exactly, and uh, and they look at the looked at the uh, Netflix you know, content delivery model, for instance, they will put out an entire season of a show, you know, so that you can go through all of the episodes in that season, you know, so they're, they're going to still keep the episodic, you know, uh, game style where every episode kind of ties into the next episode, but they're going to be doing more full releases of a season instead of trickling the episodes out like a fucking, you know, like a TV show. Because right. nobody wants that. Nobody's got time for that shit. They just want to binge it. Uh, and they're they're going to develop that way. Which is, I, I mean, yep. the best way to do it. Because I rail on episodic games. I really do. Um, <laughs> and then I had one last real quick thing that I just found while I was browsing. Um, so we we talked about one the new One Punch Man game that capcom's doing mm-hmm. quite a while ago yeah um, um chris ate a win <laughs> with uh <laughs> with with GamesCon 2019 um came some uh some additional details about the game and we all and rusty and i asked the question how are you going to make a game with a dude who can beat everybody in a single punch press a to win and the way they get the way they get around it is that um, you will be playing the ancillary characters around Saitama. Of course. Because if you've read the manga or watched the anime, you know he shows up late every freaking time. Well, yeah. And then he comes in, fucking, like, finger flicks the fucking boss. Exactly. And so this will (laughs) be all about surviving the fight until Saitama shows up. And then press A to win. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I I understand it now. I I can I can see this. 
Now you can see like the A and the S class uh, heroes going up against a fucking boss, and the boss looks like I'm going to do my ultimate move, and then Saitama comes in half naked and goes ping. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. <laughs> <laughs> and he w- and his reasoning would be like, I, I mean, had to get my suit from the laundry, <laughs> laundry. And like uh, watching the watching the footage, uh, <laughs> the footage I showed was uh, the fish king sitting uh, there just waylaying punches on him, and his damage bar <laughs> flashing, but not reducing. Of course, <laughs> this is like, <laughs> <laughs> and then one ko. <laughs> Dude. Um, <laughs> so it might actually be a little bit more of an entertaining game than you and I initially thought it yeah, could be. Right. It's not just going to be press A to win. It's going to be, uh, you know. Survive. Survive it. To press A to win. Right. <laughs> It'll be a, like a countdown to Saitama timer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? As long as they but can. Uh, if the they funny can... part is. So. Huh. As, as you as you start the fight with whatever hero it gives you, right? It shows you a video of Saitama running through the streets with a countdown timer, so you know how long you have to survive. I was totally right. I was totally right. Countdown to Saitama, t- you know. So, all right, okay, I can see this now. As long as they bring the satire of the you know of the anime and the manga, you know, into this game. It's going to it's it's going to be fun to play at least. Yeah, so I'm good so, with that. I will I will keep watching that one, and if it looks like it's going to be worth it, I may give it a try. For sure, I, I've got to I've got to try it just because One Punch Man is is over the top stupid, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the better over the top yeah. manga and anime out there. Yeah, just because of the satire and. <laughs> just, just because it some pokes of the fun hilarity. in its own fucking, it pokes and, fun in its own genre, and yeah. it's and that's and, really and great. For those of you who know nothing about it, basically the, uh, the main guy Saitama, the One Punch Man, he wants he just started being a hero as a hobby. Somehow got he's the most powerful. Strong. He's the most powerful being in existence, in existence. and. He can take um, any damage, and he can kill anything with one he punch. But is, he is incredibly stupid. <laughs> he's not stupid. He's just slow. <laughs> he's and he's not dumb. He knows exactly what he's doing, and when he gets his serious face oh, on, no. holy he's, shit. He's completely oblivious. I, well, yes. Um, well, he, yes. And as such, everybody overlooks him. Until it's too late. And uh, all the heroes think he's trash. Until they see and him, and nobody fucking... actually ever sees him beat anything. Uh, that's not true. Fucking bicycle dude, fucking watched him. You know, beat well, the shit yeah, out but of. He's the only and, and and his apprentice, which yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But I'm saying like the hero association in general doesn't know. The shit. hero association in fact, knows some plain Jane dude. Who somehow ends up at the scene after every one of his fights right. is confused for being super strong like him because dude's been unfortunate enough to show up after <laughs> Saitama's creeps something. Right. 
So yeah, yeah, it's it, it's fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. And then I think Rusty had one last thing. Well, I've got a couple. Uh, so, so this these this, this is a thing that I've been banned from actually playing, but um, with good reason. Uh, so World of Warcraft Classic actually released. Uh, you know, or released in its official capacity uh, from Blizzard uh, this week. Uh, so. You know, that was uh, a pretty big thing. Now, I watched some streams because you know, with something that Blizzard has talked up for, you know, for at least the last couple months. About uh, rehashing an old thing. About rehashing an old thing, everything old is new again. Um, I said, you know what? I'm going to watch a stream. You know, I'm not going to pick it up. I'm not going to play it, but I'm going to watch somebody play it. Uh, and uh, it is what they consider a faithful recreation of the original Warcraft experience. That said, watching it, I can tell you that I would never be able to get into this game. I would never, I, and I wonder how I spent five years of my life playing this game. Uh, fucking the. The game never really resonated for me until the expansions came out. When Burning Crusade came out, that's when the game really became fun for me. Warcraft Classic has absolutely nothing about it that you know that gives me any kind of warm, fuzzy feelings. Yeah. You know, the the whole fucking rat race of a forty-person raid and trying to coordinate that many people to do a thing—it's like hurting fucking. You know, hurting retarded cats. It is like they're fucking running into walls, you know, and, and it's literally that thing. I could never even fathom trying to dole out loot to 40 people and disappointing 35 of them that couldn't get it. The idea of DKP drives me crazy. Did you watch a raid with DKP? Because that's uh... DKP, man. Uh, uh, the the fucking only way that you know that was considered the fairest way of getting people loot, which also meant that if you wanted any raid loot, you had to attend every single raid, even though you knew you weren't gonna fucking get anything just for DKP points, so that eventually, when the uh piece that you want to get from your set which there's like five pieces and a weapon and a couple trinkets you have to spend like fucking six months to a year worth of fucking rating just to be able to get your full set and then the next expansion comes out and ruins it in the first fucking first few uh quest items right so yeah the idea of going through a q40 again not appealing uh, one year, one full year, completely sex free yes. while playing World of Warcraft. It, we'll admit it. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was definitely not the best of times. Uh, it so, was not the best of times, and it was definitely the worst of times. I was just too, get, but it was very so, different when it came out. It was the only one of its kind. It. it well, I mean, EverQuest was a thing, and Ultima Online was a thing, but it was way more advanced at the time, and so it, it really was a different experience for people that were introverts at that time, and it was for all of 2004 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 was a really 
big and uh, done part of my life. Right. Like we were talking about at the party. It's like it's a hard no. Yeah. It's like a hard, hard no. No. And just going back, you know, just looking at it, I, I, I have no will to actually play that uh, frustration classic. face. Yeah. The you know, the the whole thing about classic was just getting to level sixty and then raiding your you know raiding forever. Yeah, but sixty on a normal work schedule was a two or three month endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was playing. A lot, a lot, and, and then and always then having more. Yeah, it, and uh, you get into the forty fucking man raids. Just you know, just the setup for the forty man raid took an hour to get everybody there. You know, it's if, an actual commitment. Yeah. It's not for. It definitely harkens back to a time when people were hardcore about a game, right? But I, I just have zero interest in that right now. Yeah. I, there, you, you you don't have to worry have, about me picking that game up if I was to ever actually you know resubscribe to World of Warcraft or you know to Blizzard, uh, th- the main game would be what I play because I I already told you if you ever did I bury you myself. <laughs> I'm more apt to actually pick up Final Fantasy fourteen, okay. just because Final Fantasy fourteen is uh, to me has a. Yeah, but at uh, a, least a greater single player element. Just go and play the new storyline and right. be done with it. It's got a greater single player element. We'll, to we'll it. also know that you'll play other things too, right? You know, it's not that I'm a, I'm totally against MMOs. It's just that MMOs in general tend to be a time sink. And when I played WoW, even back in the classic days, I looked at it at, uh, from a financial perspective. I said fifteen dollars for a month, uh, and this is a game I can sink all of my game time into versus playing one to two $60 games a month and beating them. And then just having the fucking discs for the game actually stored on my hard drive. Um, you know, it, it came just, out in a different age of gaming. It came out during a time when there were console games is where your PC gaming was mostly MMO. Right. And PC steam was not much of a thing back then. Well, that and I, well, it was still a thing, but it wasn't necessarily as big as it is now. No, it was but a it, collection of like 50 games. Right. For, for me, it was more financial. I didn't have a whole lot of money at the time. Uh, so I could afford $15, but I couldn't afford $120 for my entertainment, entertainment budget. So I said, I'm going to drop $15 for this game, play through it, uh, and suck out all of the enjoyment I possibly can out of this $15 a month. Uh, and that that's where my WoW addiction took off. I mean, for me, the game wasn't even worthwhile. The game itself was fairly basic. What made the game for me was the people I played with. You know, my, you know, my guild, I, I was in a clique, of course. You know, if you are in one of those you know, progression clicks where uh, everybody is really focused on progressing um, to the, you know, to the detriment of everybody else in your guild. Uh, you end up with the best loot, but you tend to be, you know, there all the time because you're progressing fast uh, and you don't want to lose your spot in the click with, you know, to somebody else. So I ended up in a click that click lasted for four years until everybody fell out. So that's why I played WoW for so long. You know, going back to the classic, would not have that. Wouldn't have a support team, and I would, I, I would, I wouldn't even make it to the first month. I think. So, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, on the news side of it, though, they had a they they did have some uh, server issues right of you know right away with like a ten thousand person queue where people were waiting for hours to get into. I mean, the game. that's old school. That's that's what they fucking put on Twitter. People were like, they got the the Warcraft Classic uh, experience down pat right down into the freaking login queues. Uh, they have. Up, you know, uh, up the amount of uh, people that can be connected to the uh, to the game at a you know on a server at any one point, and they started rolling out additional servers for classic because somehow they didn't fucking see that shit happen uh, ahead of time. So uh, people who are playing it are playing it. You know, they can have all the fun in the world. I'm going to go off and play other games. Um, what was your last bit of news? My last bit of news uh, is actually the the uh, the project that I'm working on currently, uh, and that is uh, all the th- all the new things in No Man's Sky. Uh, so No Man's Sky got a pretty big update. Uh, Are you, you playing know, it in VR yet? I have not played it in VR, though I could. Uh, VR really you know gives you the ability to look around your ship. Uh, cockpit. Uh, so they redesigned the entirety of every ship cockpit so that it would have different controls and you know different ways of looking around and stuff, which is fine. Um, I'm not looking forward to jetpacking or you know really even experiencing the game in uh, in VR because it kind of slides. They <laughs> they did a really good job on the optimization. I cracked it open just in that state of me doing a lot of website maintenance uh-huh. and it had defaulted to 4k on my settings at ultra and yep. 4k ultra settings on that game is really good looking yeah it is really like they've done something to it the transitions into the atmosphere everything mm-hmm. does look sharper yes uh they've continually updated this game and made sure that the uh that their initial promise years and years ago uh isn't quite complete just yet, but they've they've been adding you know subtle things here and there it, it's throughout their updates. It's the best of what it does. Yeah, well, and it's just been said many times before, even on the show. But I I have to give it to fucking Hello Game the Hello Games team. I mean, having been fucking basically knocked in the face on day one when that fucking game released. You know, knowing that they did not, you know, they did not give the players what they promised. Over the course of years, that game has actually come to a point where it's playable and it's fun. And, I mean, I've put a hundred hours or more into the fucking game already uh, through a couple different playthroughs. Um, but my most recent, I... I Still had my old save from the time I put 80 hours into it last year. Uh, I said, you know, last year they had an update about this time. I said I was going to play it and did the base building and all that bullshit, right? I go back into it, you know, this year. I still have the bases that I built. But none of the bases work because they reach it, you know, retooled everything to require power. Uh, so... Uh, I have to power these massive bases, and the only things that I have to power them is solar generators, batteries, and a bio generator. Because you haven't gotten through the tiers. I, I, I have to go through and relearn a lot of the stuff. 
Uh, so I'm going to scrap both of the bases that I created and I'm going to, uh, you know, to create a brand new base and, you know, use the new, uh, the new generation of, you know, technology uh, to be able to, you know, come up with a new money farm, essentially. Um, not that I need money in this game, but, you know, I already ground out like 200 million fucking, you know, credits. I have plenty of money. Uh, it's just, I want to see what they've changed. And of course I want to play VR. Uh, I just haven't gotten around to firing it up in VR. Um, but if you haven't picked up No Man's Sky, I mean, this is, this is a great time to start. I mean, if you have, if you read about No Man's Sky being a a pile of dog shit, you know, years ago, give it a try. I mean, it's different and you're, you know, you're, you're probably going to get some enjoyment out of it now that it's got some polish. So, I mean, I'm, I'm currently playing through it right now. Uh, we're currently playing around with the new systems. The, uh, the new space anomaly is really fun. Um, where it, it is one of the places where you're guaranteed to see other players. Um, that's fun. Uh, but, that's going to be a work in progress over the next week or so. I'm waiting for Borderlands three to come out, you know, at the moment. So I, I, and and in my ballpark, it's remnant. It's, uh, I keep wanting to call it moon Knight. Oh, Uh, hollow Hollow night. Yep. Those are my two mains right now. And then maybe no man's sky and then rebel galaxy pushing past that point. But I've got gears coming out in a week. I feel very satisfied with my selection. I still can finish up may cry. Like I've got plenty sitting dicking around with yeah i i, I tend to uh i'm probably controls gonna, out today yeah so control is a thing that for me uh, so yeah i'm gonna transplant it right now the guy that nobody's heard from in this show in a while if you go to the website he's got the cabbage videos but he uh he'll be telling me pretty soon i'm sure he's gonna do a cabbage video on it yeah it, it seems right up his alley as far as like the weird shit you know the the weird supernatural shit that happens in that game um that and it's i mean it's the same people that did fucking alan wake Wake and yeah quantum break quantum break yeah so there's there's gonna be some uh some quirky weirdness you know in that you know in that game anyway Uh, i heard that there was some performance issues and i said i'm just gonna wait until the performance issues get resolved um as far as frame rates and stuff like that but you know, it's, it's out on the internet if you want to watch, you know, look into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, for the next week or so, it's probably going to, I'm probably going to pick up Remnant again. If you want to, the newest patch for Remnant also caps the, uh, the, the level ranges for the characters. So even though my characters are a really high level compared to you, we could still play and the enemies would be just slightly difficult for you. Might be interesting. I it just depends on what I got going this week. And rounding out the last part of the site, I've got three episodes, four episodes to post, and then making sure the RSS feed feeds into Spotify for sure. So by the time you hear this, I will have that those kinks worked out. Awesome. Okay. So I really don't think that there's much else to cover. I think mm-hmm. that you guys got plenty out of this. Um, you'll be hearing a little bit late, but after we get this rolling, I think we'll be mostly on time with the episodes again. Yep. 
Yep. Um, that's what August was for, was for us to rebuild everything. Yep. So, with that, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TiltCast. And find Friends of the Show, Cabbage, which will be on our site at TiltCast.com. Just go to the video section. Find BMFCast.com. Um, find NoQuarters.net and TVGP.TV. They have the NIP. And with that, <laughs> it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.